0: Hello, and welcome to episode 205 of SMARTS, which stands for...
1: <laughs> nope! Keep still, going. Still moments accrue, reverberating to silence. Correct. Correct. There's a point behind my acronym. My name we'll is
0: Rudiger Q. Podcaster, a.k.a. Trevor. Hi. And your name is...
1: <laughs> Julia Guglia of internet fame, dash podcaster. Get it
0: together, man. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> So there is no news this week.
1: That's why I have my still acronym. Everyone's asleep
0: in their comfy, comfy beds. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so we just have our comics of the week. And, okay. uh, you know, everything after that. Yep. What was your comic of the week?
1: This week I picked Freedom Fighters number eight because it continues to be awesome. We find out um, more of the Black Condor's backstory and his escape and the conditions his, that are in... His,
0: his black story? Oh, God. No? No. Okay.
1: <laughs> I forbid that one. Although that is a pretty good... What is it, port- Portmanteau? That's it. I don't know what it's called. Port when man, you squish port,
0: Portmanteau, electric boogaloo.
1: <laughs> what is it called? When port, you squish Portmanteau? Portmanteau. <laughs> That's even funnier. <laughs> Believe it or
0: not, we have not been drinking. Uh, Continue with your review of Freedom Fighters number.
1: Anyway, Freedom Fighters number eight. A. The the art is astounding. B. The story made me outright ball ugly, ugly tears. c like, And and C. Like. That was just the backstory and then the way they connected it to the current conditions and the current mission and they made everything end on a nice hopeful note even though they were outmatched. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. D. I love a good revolution. That's D. E. It's an awesome story. F. Freedom Fighters. (laughs) Right. I had that one ready. I was really hoping you'd queue up that. All right. What was your comic of the week?
0: So I picked Dial H for hero number six. Nice.
1: This good was choice. A great
0: ending to a, a great little series. I mean, it, we say ending, but I guess it's, it's it was mark? picked up for six more issues. Mm-hmm. Well, no. I mean, we know that it's continuing. Oh, oh, right. I forgot. Um, so I feel like it probably would have ended without the little last couple of pages right? tag that sets up the you know the continuation of the threat but it was great and uh Joe Quinonez is great with doing all the different art styles like in this one there are a bunch of different manga styles Mm -hmm. and sort of an Alex Ross inspired thing and a Frank Miller riff and a Bruce Timm opening title sequence of Batman the Animated Series riff Mm -hmm. like an Ashcan edition insert you know page within a page Mm -hmm. with the fake staples down the center and the entire theme of the story, you know, is one that, that I'm a sucker for, given what I love about DC Comics, the whole story about, you know, legacy being so powerful and,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: the the inspirational quality and, you know, the, the almost totemic quality of certain characters. Like it doesn't even matter, you know, whether they're whether they're real or not, they can inspire and everything. And, you know, I'm a sucker for all that kind of stuff. So I really enjoyed it. Um, but I also wanted to give honorable mention. To Justice League number 30. Yeah. Uh, not just because the Justice Society shows up on the last page of this, <laughs> which is something that I've been asking for for... Forever. five or six years now. I know. Um, but also because it, it was a great issue that summed up the, um, like, the story so far, everything to do with the, mm-hmm. the different power, the different, you know, energies, the different forces, I guess, um, and the totality and perpetua and everything else. Um Establish the stakes, establish like who's on what side. Like There's this great splash page of all the heroes at the beginning at the Hall of Justice. And then there's like a, a mirror image shot of all the villains that we've seen get Luther's dark gifts throughout all the different titles assembled at the Hall of Doom. Mm-hmm. Um, and the stakes are set and the missions are undertaken. Some of the heroes are going to go to the future. Some are going to go to the past. They're going to find the source of power that Starman believes is linked to his own so they can create, recreate the totality and use it to imprison Perpetua again. My suspicion is that this is tied to, and he as much as says it, but it's tied to Starman's cosmic power mm-hmm. because when they go back into the past, they're confronted with the Justice Society and the original Starman is right there. Mm-hmm. My suspicion is that the they've gone so far into the future. and We see, see Commandy and everything. But my suspicion is they're going to run into the future Starman. <clears throat> from DC One Million and Jack Robinson... Jack Robinson? No, James Robinson's... Jack, Jack Knight was the hero of James Robinson's Starman run, but they also established that a future Starman from the Legion of Superheroes and everything. So my suspicion is that they're going to run to that version. So I think the Starman legacy is going to be... what ties together all these different time periods that they're traveling to. Mm-hmm. They're going to discover that his cosmic power is part of the totality or something. Bum-bum. But also, you know, the Justice Society is back and they've got all the classic members there in their classic costumes. <clears throat> so... Yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing you. Basically, where that goes.
1: knocked out uh, two wishlist items in one issue for for DC. Well, one week because the, the Legion
0: came back right. in, in uh, Superman. Also, yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yep, yes, good week. <laughs> so, should we move on to your pop quiz? I'm ready. So this week, because we just rewatched Shazam, I will quiz you about Captain Marvel history. I'm ready. So, question number one: These are all multiple choice. Okay. Captain Marvel was created by. Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, Jack Cole, Bill Parker and CeCe Beck, or Gardner Fox and Sheldon Moldoff?
1: Um, Can I look at the notes to get the names, or or does that have answers Uh, I'd rather you didn't. Okay. Um, Siegel
0: and Schuster, Jack Cole, Fox and Moldoff, or Parker and Beck?
1: I don't know. It's a choice between the three, because I know Siegel and Schuster did not create that character. Um, So... It's a one-in-three chance, I'm going to say, that Cole person, because that's the only (laughs) name I remember. Cole
0: Porter. No. It was Bill Parker and CeCe Beck. Jack Cole created Plastic Man.
1: Oh, cool. I won't remember that, but still. I mean, cool. Well,
0: CeCe Beck was the definitive Captain Marvel artist for... 30 years? Yeah, He'd do the know character that. for a long time, and that's why Billy Batson's father is named CC Batson, because it's after uh, him. Oh,
1: Batson. I should have guessed.
0: All right, number two. Oh, okay. Which of the following facts is false? Captain Marvel outsold Superman for a long period of time in the 1940s, Captain Marvel was created in 1939, there have been two Captain Marvel TV series, or Captain Marvel was originally published by National Comics?
1: Um oh that would oh (gasps) see i thought it was a oh no was captain marvel created in 1939 because that was going to be my guess it would make sense if it was released by national comics a competitor to rival superman and be like kind of jump on the bandwagon oh i think you told me that that's what happened okay so it has to be the other ones what are the, uh, the other two options that don't include National comments in 1939?
0: Superman outsold, sorry, Captain Marvel outsold Superman for a period in the 1940s, or there have been two Captain Marvel TV series.
1: Okay, I'm going to go with the Captain Marvel TV series. No,
0: that is true. Dang. There was a Filmation um, animated series, I think, in the either the 60s or 70s, and then there was a live-action series, which ran for one or two seasons, for I Captain believe, also Marvel? in the late 70s. Yeah. Cool. Um, but no, the one that was false was Captain Marvel was originally published by National Comics. It was Fawcett Comics.
1: <laughs> you great big meanie.
0: National Comics is one of the companies that eventually sort of amalgamated and became DC Comics.
1: But you saw how I narrowed it down, didn't you? That yes, I That was kind saw. of impressive, a little. There
0: was no company called DC Comics until... I know The 50s, the 60s It was national comics It oh. was all American comics They were owned by the same people But they were kept separate for some reason And then the characters didn't really cross over very right. much Right, and, and then they, they were they ultimately were amalgamated And they just used what had become the colloquial name for the company DC Comics became the official name Cool But that has nothing to do with Captain Marvel Alright, number three mm-hmm. Captain Marvel's first appearance Was in Blast Comics Whiz Comics Thunder Comi- Comics Or Fun Comics
1: I'm going to guess Fun Comics cuz I think that you were telling me that that was one of DC's first publications that actually predated Superman. Superman debuted in Action Comics though. Oh. This is really tough. No, Fun Comics is a red herring. I I take that back. Okay, so what were the other 3?
0: Whiz Comics, Blast Comics, and Thunder Comics. Whiz Yes, it's Wiz Comics.
1: Such a 40s name.
0: Actually, in, actually, interestingly or not, um, they published, Foster Comics published a couple of what are called Ashcan comics, which are basically like low quality, um, reduced size, very limited print run comics that are published basically just to secure a trademark mm-hmm. for a character's name and, wow. and appearance. Um, and one was published under Thrill Comics and I think the other was Thunder Comics. And the character's name was originally going to be Captain Thunder. But then they discovered that they they couldn't use the Thunder Comics name. They couldn't use the, what was the other one I just said? Thrill Comics. They couldn't use the Thrill Comics name and they couldn't use the name Captain Thunder. So then they eventually settled on Wiz Comics and they were going to call him the character Captain Marvelous until someone suggested it just be shortened to Captain Marvel. Cool. But no, Wiz, Wiz Comics was the original one. So you got that. All right. Number four. Which of these was not a member of the Marvel family? Okay. The Lieutenant's Marvel, Hoppy the Marvel Bunny, Uncle Marvel... Or Blackie the Marvel Horse.
1: It was the horse, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> it's always the horse. Yes, it was the horse.
1: Okay, awesome.
0: There were Lieutenants Marvel. There was Hoppy the Marvel Bunny. There was Uncle Marvel. I
1: remember and then him. Coor-
0: and then, of course, there was Mary Marvel and Captain Marvel mm-hmm. Jr. I think the thing that the Lieutenants Marvel, the thing with them, this was so silly, but they were other people that just happened to coincidentally be named Billy Batson, you know, because there's more than one Billy sure. Batson in the world. Why not? And so, as a result of that, when they, they discovered that when they said Shazam, they could also turn into a superhero. I guess it's just no. I guess the wizard just linked it to his name or something. <laughs> like he didn't have two factor on or oh, something. Yoy. So and so their names their names were like Tall Billy, Fat Billy, and Hill Billy. <gasps> I think
1: no something like that. Like I know Hill
0: Billy was one because obviously that's six. That's that has to, Yeah. All right. Number five. When a DC good. purchased the character, his adventures took place on Earth F. For Fawcett, Earth-S for Shazam, Earth-M for Marvel, or Earth-W for Wiz? Earth-M
1: for Marvel. No, it
0: was Earth-S for Shazam. Presumably <sighs> for Shazam. I do not know what else it would have been for.
1: Right. Okay. So I missed that one.
0: Yes. So you got two out of five.
1: Oh. It's well, true. Man. You did. <laughs> Oh right. nuts.
0: So now we only have one show to talk about this week and that's the final few episodes of season 3 of Young Justice. Okay. So what do you think of these episodes?
1: Amazing. Plus I also want to holler that I called out the Legion appearing. <laughs> um but as a as a little sample of what might be happening in the next Technically the Legion
0: season. didn't appear. Presumably well, part a of hint a le- part of a legionnaire. Legion.
1: Part of a legionnaire. The most important part I would argue Below the ring the neck. Yeah. <laughs> The most the,
0: important part of any legionnaire. No, the ring to the prove chin, that they're legionnaire. The whole shin to waist area.
1: Yes, that that area in general. Um no, but it this was pretty tremendous. I really enjoyed I don't know. I thought it was going to be a more bombastic thing, but they left it open in a very real world kind of way so that you could see that the threats are looming, but that they at least took care of the more immediate problems. And yeah, the
0: stakes were lower than I thought they would be. The whole apocalypse yeah. threat I was sort of I thought it was going to pay off with a Vangel Savage week. versus, yeah. And then this week we got a couple of sort of lower stakes episode, like including one that was very personal for Artemis mm-hmm. in particular. And then the finale was just basically revisiting the threat in Markovia and dealing with the whole um, Brione yeah. Terra, Deathstroke, um, Halo angle. You know, and resolving all that stuff As well as everything to do with, you know, the Batman's secret cabal of heroes Black yep. Lightning's arc over the season when you think about it Black Lightning really had had a great arc of this because the first episode Tremendous, is yeah. him accidentally killing that metahuman kid oh, on Ran yeah. and resigning from the Justice League in disgust mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. and then the, the whole it comes all the way around where he's sort of he's always sort of secret, he's always without realizing it been sort of the conscience of the season yes. and he's gone through all the stuff you know he was lied to mm-hmm. by Helga Jace and by he Batman betrayed, and by everybody else outright betrayed then, by people which makes him the perfect person to come back in and sort of clean house and set a new moral standard for the team, and so his his redemption, you know, his so, redemption, sort of forms but the arc also
1: the, the team's redemption in recognizing that he is the best to lead them and to really center them again.
0: Yeah. It's it's good because so I it shows a, it shows a, a maturity, with, mm-hmm. and like we talked about this, I think even last week that I like that this Batman is a bit more emotionally available and mature than some other versions of Batman like he's more capable of recognizing his own mistakes and the value of others you know than a lot of other versions of Batman traditionally are and so there have been times in the comics where he's kept secrets from the team and mm-hmm. like you the whole like Tower of Babel thing which they made into the um, Justice League Doom movie where it's revealed that he keeps secret files to help defeat the other Justice League members and then he's drummed out of the team in disgrace or whatever right mm-hmm. or he resigns depending on the version here it's like yeah he had the secret team and the people that were on it Come forward and admit their culpability to the team, and like offer to resign or whatever. And they take us; they take demotions basically. Like mm-hmm. when McGann steps down as leader of the team. Yep. Um, Batman and, and Aquaman and Wonder Woman step down as um, co chairs of the Justice League. Right. And Batman was perfectly willing to like go off and just do his own thing again until Black Lightning was the one that said, "You know what? Why don't you why don't you come back because we need you?" And he's like, "I humbly accept." You know, under your leadership, basically, which is you know, there's a certain humility to this version of Batman that you don't see, I guess, is the word for it in a lot of other versions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole Markovia thing was really the well, I guess maybe the two the two big things here were the the whole um, Artemis and Wally thing, or yep. what we thought was Wally. It turns out to not really be Wally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Markovia thing. So, how did you feel about the whole sequence where uh, Zatanna?
1: I thought we think that she's connected from the beginning. With First Wally off, I called it from the beginning because as soon as um uh, as soon as I saw him again, I was like, oh, this is going to be a mind exercise to bring her closure. And that's exactly what I want to be. Well, it's exactly clever. It's very be. clever on Zatanna's part. Yeah, it part. was. A little, it
0: was more than a little manipulative. But, yes. But, I wonder uh, what
1: she said backwards. Like, I want to actually slow down the tape and actually, I'm sure somebody has it. Uh, the internet provided. Yeah, she have know? to be
0: careful though because if it's like secretly create an illusion to trick Artemis. Artemis has been hearing <laughs> Zatanna's backwards talk for eight years now at this point. Yeah, right? so she, she couldn't say something like it. She probably said something which was which sounded like what Artemis would expect to hear but is just not really a spell right meanwhile McGann is in the background doing right. her trickery bring her, but it was yeah. smart to bring Rocket also because it was just oh mm-hmm. yeah I brought this telepath yeah. no reason but if it's McGann and Rocket it's like oh I brought all of our girlfriends here mm-hmm. to ha- support you in this time yep. you know then it, it's it's sort of makes, yeah yeah make,
1: that adds a buffer yeah. adds a little bit of a obfuscation to the plan I didn't
0: suspect it because I thought that you know it would be I, th- and I think you know the creators and everybody know that everybody All the viewers miss Wally. And so, and his death was so seeming his death, seeming death. I guess we still don't know whether he's really dead or not. I know he might even be. I was watching this. Oh, I guess that means he's really dead if Mm -hmm. he's, you know, in the afterlife. But now we don't know whether he was or not. But they know that everybody loved that character and miss him, misses him. So I'm like, oh, this is their way of, you know, a whole season later and like four years later in real time, Mm -hmm. giving us, the audience, as in addition to Artemis, the character, uh, an opportunity to say goodbye to him. Right. And I'm like, oh, that's why they're doing it. So I didn't sort of see any sort of, um, subterfuge going on there but then when it was revealed I'm like oh that's you know obviously that's really clever um and it f- fits into the the whole all the themes of not just the season but the whole show which is like as you get older you have to make certain moral compromises you have to keep secrets from people you have to lie to your friends sometimes for the greater good and is that worth it or not like mm-hmm. that's one of the overarching themes of the whole of the whole show not right. just this particular season so
1: I appreciated the that. that they told us in the moment because they very easily and could have uh, kept it um Kept that under their hats. I think they had
0: to tell us; it would be too emotionally manipulative to the audience to like give all the all the fans that I was just talking about that emotional catharsis and then reveal next season. Oh, by the way, it was all a trick. And even if they managed to convince us that they that they knew the whole time that there wasn't just a massive retcon, it would still feel like a cheat to us. So I think you have to reveal it then in the moment, give us the emotional release, but then immediately tell us.
1: That's a good point. That's a very good point. I I didn't consider it it because for me, like as a storyteller, I would I would think that that would be a really nice. I don't know thing to do, <laughs> but you're absolutely right. That is a little bit manipulative from the audience. Sometimes, perspective.
0: sometimes you can get hmm. writers can get a little too clever yeah. by half in thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. "Oh man, we'll keep this a secret and then we'll we'll pull the rug out from the audience later." And we'll once they, it at just the they right think time. I'm so clever, yeah. well, maybe they will, or maybe they'll just feel emotionally manipulated right. and stop watching the show. Right? So it's you can you, can, you, can <laughs> you get, have to strike a balance. You can get a little too clever because there are for certain things good.
1: to yeah, there are certain things that you have to keep secret, but then others that you want to reveal to the people at the right time. And obviously. Yeah, the actors, the actors sold oh, the hell out of it too. God. I remember seeing
0: photos of like there was like a viewing party, and both the actors Stephanie Lemelin and Jason Spisack were there, and they were watching it with. I think some of the people that do the Whelmed podcast, they were yeah. like watching it in a in a restaurant or something that oh. had on TV or something, and they, and then you see the two actors just sitting there looking at the screen, like like yeah, it yeah. kind of must be hard for them because I do mm-hmm. you feel caught. Up? I'm sure when you're acting it in the moment, you feel caught, caught up, up you, in the emotions. Yeah. But then when you're watching it later on TV, what are you doing? Are you are you looking at the animation? Oh, are you I critiquing you. your own performance? Are you are you like Thinking about oh, it's interesting how they like they ADR that and like right. How, uh, you must all not be able to watch above. it all of the above.
1: All of the above. No, you you're privy to all the information. But the one last thing is you're looking at what the audience. I bet you that. um Well, I don't know what's in other people's heads, but if I were in their shoes, I would also be paying attention to how it was received by the audience. I would probably have my hands it didn't over look, the mouth it didn't because I. Like that's be
0: what they were doing. It uh, looked like they were just they were just so 100 laser focused, focused on, on the, TV. the actual
1: TV. Yeah. Mm. Yeah.
0: So what, do, think you th- all of what it, do you think? The resolution, you the whole, it all. the whole Markovia thing. To me, Br- Brion's turn felt a little sudden. Although you it can did. you can look back and I don't know, I could go you see either the way.
1: Influence of the guy, the new character. Well, they there is introduced
0: there is that. But Deus, deus all... Ex Machina aside, you can go back and you can look at his his characterization over the season and what he always what his his very plainly stated goals were and what mm-hmm. he wanted for himself and say, yeah, this is in line. Like he wanted to go home. Mm-hmm. He wanted. He wanted to be able to to be with and trust his sister again. Yep. He wanted to, um, you know, be out and proud as a metahuman. He wanted to stop his uncle. You know, like he wanted yeah. to make sure his uncle wasn't a threat anymore. He and and this was a way to get everything that he wanted in his own mind, like secure that as permanently as possible. Um, him going that far for it, like you can, you can say it's one of those things where you can look at, you can write a list of all the things. That justify it, like, oh, he felt he was angry because he had just been so betrayed by his sister, and, you know, and his his everything else that was going on, you know, the, the the heat of the moment and everything else. Like, you can you can make it make sense, but nothing can make you feel differently than you felt in the moment. And I think we both felt like this seems a little far for him. Like it's do, yeah, they didn't it they hadn't walked far. us up to that moment. So either it's a failure of the writing, or we were supposed to think that the little um, aide de camp there that was later revealed to be um, a
1: member of the light and a telepath
0: telepath and and the new member of the light was subtly manipulating him during that scene, which we're not told explicitly, Mm -hmm. but which Greg Weissman on Twitter later sort of gave a tip of the hat to being an interesting theory, interesting in like italics, you know, right, 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 right. Interesting. Mm.
1: Um, Twiddle thumbs here.
0: So, I mean, I, I do. So one thing, so I don't know, like, it's one of those things like we were just talking about with, um, with the Wally and Artemis thing where sometimes a writer can get a little too clever. Like, yeah, you can justify it after that. Oh, isn't it clever that there was secretly this telepath here and then we reveal it at the end? Yes, but, but if the audience in the moment... Mm-hmm. at the climax of the season is taken out of the moment a little bit by thinking would he really do that even if you then justified after the fact you can't take back the fact that the audience was taken out of that moment
1: right so I You're don't know right. I
0: don't know if it was the best choice or not um, right maybe they felt they would take mm. that hit like the audience is gonna think this is weird but wait till they see wait till they see what we have planned with them in season four or something like that maybe but again ideally the audience would be caught up in the emotion of the moment thinking everything was justified and then the reveal would come as like a second layer of emotional punch yeah. you know you wouldn't you wouldn't lack the first in order to gain the second so i don't know if i, I don't know if, if it was necessarily worth doing it that way or if maybe they could have paced it a little differently like i don't know or, or just written it a little differently um I thought it was it was well done for what it was. It just felt like the setup was mm-hmm. was a little lacking. One thing I do like though, and this is, and you were saying you were right about the Legion. I was right about Tara because I said I don't yes. think. Yeah. No matter. First, I'm like this, we don't know for a fact that Tara is definitively uh, texting Deathstroke. She could be texting somebody else who's mm-hmm. less evil. You know, but else. I
1: I did call it that that was Deathstroke. And like, then when she somebody else was somebody texting, texting
0: Deathstroke, Death, then we discovered we discovered that she was texting Deathstroke, I'm like I still don't think they're gonna do the whole Tara goes crazy. And turns on her teammates and kills them.
1: Yeah, I didn't um, bet you a bit against you I'm on like, that these one. These
0: writers are are not going to do the same Terra story that we've Judas seen fifteen times before. Yeah. So one thing I do like about this ending is that the guy we've gotten to know and love over the season basically goes turns bad for to, to yeah. simplify things. Whereas Tara, the one that thirty years of, of comic book and comic book spin off knowledge tells us is a is a bad seed and evil and is gonna betray everybody, mm-hmm. um, actually decides to do, the, do the right thing, yeah. and she gets to go off and be a superhero, whereas he basically gets to lead this um, pup. He basically puppet becomes government. a puppet for the light. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, while his brother, who's only ever tried to do right by his family and his country, becomes this king in exile. Yeah. Um, and Tara gets to spend time with him and also be a superhero, but they're not. Neither of them is presumably welcome in Markovia anymore. You know. Right. Right. So it's it's definitely a, a dark turn for that. But I do like that it gave Tara a happier ending than she's really ever seen before in the comics yeah
1: i agree i'm so happy and i'm really happy that it it was definitely manipulative of everybody to give her the comfortable home but at the same time it was so genuine uh, to, to sort oh, of right. brainwash her into the positive light well yeah as then as there's it, the revelation
0: so that artemis and seemingly uh, only artemis no, no batman knew batman knew so who else knew batman told artemis did he tell nightwing he must have told i nightwing.
1: think multiple people knew and they—they they all took Nightwing was sort there, but I don't recall if he piped but... up
0: and said, "I also knew." It would be really weird if Batman told Artemis, but not Nightwing.
1: No, you know what, though—that's one of the reasons why Brion felt so shocked—is because he felt like he was the only yes, one that. Yes, There was didn't also that know. element
0: to it, yes, which um, is not true because a lot of the others didn't know. Well, you know?
1: Gar it, didn't know, but I—I I I have think any a feeling of the
0: outsiders knew. Just the senior members, like mm. the, the original five. Yeah. And maybe a few others knew. And like the Justice League, like maybe Wonder Woman knew Aquaman. And I'm
1: sure, I'm sure that given that um, she, w- uh, yes, there is that she extra was spending of time betrayal. with uh, his daughter, that uh, Leanne, that um, Will knew as well. Yeah. Um, Maybe, like to mitigate threats. I think that he's a trusted, yeah. But member Artemis, of the inside was around, circle. Artemis
0: was around, Artemis was, I know, or people Artemis trusted were around her, and pretty much all those. I don't know, you'd have to go back and look and see yeah. whether it would make sense for him I'm, to know or not. Something yeah. tells me they'd want to spare him that level of stress because he's out of the life, you know. But yeah, it does seem like something that he would want to know. I agree yeah, with you there, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. What about the scene where in the same episode, we're sort of jumping all around, but the mm-hmm. scene where in the, in the big Wally Artemis episode where she comes home and Roy's prepared like an intimate dinner for yeah. them. Yeah. And it seems like they're going to get together.
1: You were talking about this earlier. Your prediction kind of came true. Is that uh, what What surprised me is that they actually tried to make a go of it. But what you said earlier, I thought, earlier, was I thought so like it was like five wonderful. seconds they did. Yeah. But I thought it was really nice that it wound up being exactly what we both predicted, which was that... It, everybody will probably expect that they could fall in love with each other, but they really don't feel that way about each other. At the core of who they are, they know. Well, them. it's it's just like it doesn't feel that right. Everybody, to them.
0: everybody's been telling them that it would be. So, convenient so great for them to get yeah. together it would be so convenient because they're do- you know yeah they, they, they could both, raise they both their lovely ann and right. they could ra- raise her together and they're already family right you know? exactly it would you know so <laughs>
1: it'd be super great if they
0: already live together like it would be so but convenient but they're just not, not feeling so they're it. like yeah maybe we'll give this a try but and they it, were it, sort of thinking of about things, like, it like maybe in a different life no. kind of thing but yeah. no like there's too much that's happened and we're you know yeah
1: and will knew about it one way and um Actually it's funny that the catharsis that she found when she sort of had her brain hologram and got closure on Wally still brought her the revelation that Will is not for him. Like that at the end of that she was still able to recognize like I I it's not even about that. I feel like you're my brother and I yeah, really Yeah, there was don't feel a definite that. emotional growth time, there because at the beginning yeah.
0: she 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 um she pulls away from him and runs away crying and, like, goes to the photo of her and Wally in her room and breaks down. Like, mm-hmm. that's not an emotionally – I mean, it's emotionally healthy. That's not what I'm trying to say. But it's not its not a reaction that speaks to uh, a mature, considered um, – analysis of whether this guy is right for me it's right. being informed entirely by her emotional hangups over wally's mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with will at all yeah un- she so has unfinished she, emotional so after she's to able handle, to yeah. sort out her feelings with wally she's able to look with clear eyes at will and say you're a great guy but you're not for me basically exactly. and that's that's when it's you know right that's, that's the, when it's yeah she's should, rooted
1: out exactly yeah
0: mm-hmm. um yeah, and so cyborg, there's a lot of things that are yeah. happening in the background. Cyborg basically becomes a full-fledged superhero and joins the Outsiders. Adopts his name.
1: Sort of- he adopts his name and identity. Yeah. He, he just becomes... And I think it was really important that um, during the fight, like talk about uh, Mind Palace closure, <laughs> show title, um, that he he found... When he was fighting in the computer well, in code, I week's. suppose yeah. I know, but it's still germane to this discussion. Well, that was one of this week's. Wasn't this it? was, yeah, 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 this was it, one we of watched the it before right. we watched the other two because this is how they defeated. You know, they they, <coughs> they they retrieved Halo and they they retrieved Halo and they saved her and um, were able to mm, save the day. Is actually he's the one that saved it because he was fighting with the Overlord in. That little, yeah,
0: I had it in my head that that was one something from last week because we watched it a day or two before we watched the others, but yeah, we didn't even talk about the whole episode where they go to the orphanage to and save, yeah, save to all save. the heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was like a big action episode,
1: it was great. There wasn't,
0: yeah, but there wasn't a ton of stuff to dig into, with the possible exception if you try to like psychoanalyze uh, Dick's whole fever uh, dream, fever dream where he reimagines the original, which was tremendous. Everything. But there's a whole lot of so other nice. like little things, like things that whole sequences that, that we haven't even talked about, like the whole thing where. Connor takes Forager to the whole to the oh, the second geno- Genomorph yeah, city, yeah. Um, and then the, all the stuff at the end where they, where various heroes basically come out. Like Connor goes public as a superhero yeah. for the first time in eight years, not only as a superhero but as a clone and a Genomorph, and stands up there in front of the United Nations. With Superman, and Superman says, "You know, this man is my brother, but moreover, he's a clone, and you can test his DNA, and that will well, implicate Lex Luthor." No, no, no. Connor,
1: Connor said he, sure. he Superman vouched for him. He, he said, "You can trust him because you can trust me, and I'm vouching for him." And Connor said, "You don't even need to do that. You can just test my DNA. Go for it, because you'll find out that the you know science will prove that I'm yeah. right."
0: So Lex Luthor has got some legal troubles I to deal that was with. Great. He's presumably out as. Uh, secretary General, yeah. no, senators s- a different Sorry, secretary. secretary General of the UN, and they even had a little thing at there at the end, kind of like how last season they're like, oh, Lex Luther is the shoe in for the next se- Secretary General. They're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, Ambassador Troya of is 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 looked on as the new as the likely favorite for the next Secretary General. Great. Um, yeah, even Garth got a couple of lines in this episode, sitting there in the <laughs> in the um, General Assembly.
1: Well, that was great because he tried to take on Granny Goodness in the other uh, episode in the same Halo episode, Halo saving episode. No, I, you, of an I think episode. you're confusing Garth
0: conf- and Wind, and that was that was definitely one of last week's episodes, where were where Calder and Wind go to Granny Goodness's home and knock on the door and go the to go to rescue the others.
1: No, when she dresses up at rhino, but yeah, sorry, earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Garth, I did Garth hasn't
0: seen any action. Yeah, it's <laughs> Just true. that one episode in season one. Although he did amuse, the
1: he did amuse Leanne. Get some giggles. That was great.
0: Garth did when.
1: Yeah, when he was changing into, he was using his Beast Boy powers to make no laugh. Garth,
0: Garth, not Gar, Garth of Atlantis. The, I'm was, thinking of there.
1: Gar every time I say Garth. Just for your sorry, sorry, everybody, <laughs> Gar. Ugh. Yeah.
0: So there's so there was that whole thing. What else was there? There's a whole bunch of roster shakeups at the end. So Batman comes back to the team. Black Lightning becomes the new leader. McGann steps down as leader of the team. Nightwing mm-hmm. rejoins. I think he even said as, as the resuming his role as leader of the team. Right. right yeah. Of the covert mm-hmm. team, which will remain even though. Um, and, and so now that Connor is a. Oh, Connor's joining the Outsiders, too. Isn't that mm-hmm. what they said? Which is weird because even though he looks the same age as the rest of them, he's like 10 years older than the rest of them. Yeah. Right. So oh, that's well. a little strange, but OK. Um, he's literally getting married and he's, he's teammates with Gar, who's like 15. But whatever. Um. <laughs>
1: Oh, I know. Yeah, and
0: they, and Connor and McGann worked out their issues. Yeah, and they're still getting married. That was married. nice. And so the thing at the end, the 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 party at Bibbo's, was that kind of like a an engagement party, like a a postponed engagement party, or kind of like a joint bachelor bachelorette thing, or was that just sort of let's all get together for a breather after all the I everything that's happened? I thought it was part? a
1: breather after everything that happened. Yeah, because I mean be. they averted the <clears throat> destruction of the universe. I think that <laughs> warrants going out with your friends and grabbing a slice, like.
0: Yeah, there's probably entire entire things here that that were I mean we didn't talk like I said we didn't talk much about the episode where everybody gets rescued but Halo's able to um Cyborg Cyborg is able to come in and he had you know he makes some
1: She tapped into a rainbow power.
0: Yeah, she like all the all the the whole spectrum all at once and mm-hmm. she's able to <clears throat> merge Granny Goodness back together. And of course the outsiders help with that too by blowing up her machine. Yeah, and, and, I think that's uh, Vic, what did it cuz I, I think that... In that Yeah, but she shuts down the anti-life equation and she unbrainwashes yeah. everybody and then they Gretchen Good is revealed to be Granny Goodness and that's going to be whole Important. thing. Yep. And then so I'm still trying to figure out so why did Vandal Savage so Vandal Savage at the end it's like oh, Vandal went to dark side and you know, they're bros again. Mhm. Did Vandal Savage send the team to the orphanage as a way of trying to, like, was it brinksmanship? Like, because Darkseid, clearly, part of his agreement with Vandal Savage did not include, oh, I'm going to use the anti-life equation to eliminate all free will in the universe, including yours, right? Clearly, that wasn't part of the deal. So Vandal Savage sending the heroes to the orphanage to stop that, his way of saying, hey, I'm not just going to take all this lying down, Mm -hmm. you know, like, if you step over the line of our agreement, I'm going to work to stop you, and so at the end, were they both like, okay, fair cop, you know, yeah, yeah. I did wrong, you did wrong, let's be bros again. Was that was that his motivation, basically, to sort of show Dark side that just sort of flexed in front of Dark side a little bit? Like, I'm not going to let you get away with this if you step over the bounds of our arrangement?
1: Well, we still have the working theory of, because um, why would he be mentioned, of McGann's brother that was on Mars because I think maybe a in retrospect,
0: well, if, acting as if, a shapeshifter if Rainbow that was going to be the to thing seed. I think they would have revealed it this season I don't think that's the kind of thing they're going to make they're going to make us wait a year because then people will forget they'll be like wait so that wasn't you know I don't think they would do that I think I think the only reason they mentioned him in that one episode was because they talked about where everybody all the other characters from New Genesis like Mantis and, and Foragers mm-hmm. Tribe where they what was happening with them and so the audience their natural question would be, well, what about Macom? Because we last saw him there. And so they had to have a line where they explained where he went. I don't think that was secretly seeding anything. I think that's just because they knew the audience would then ask the question. And if they didn't say where he was, then the audience would definitely suspect that he was secretly somebody else, you know? So they they were just sort of trying to, to head that off. I don't mm-hmm. think so. I think that that theory turned out to be not oh, true. Oh, I see. I don't okay, think it's the kind of thing that revealed. So a it year was later.
1: mentioned, I see. So he was mentioned just to. To, to quell those suspicions and instead suspicion, it actually instead kind of, of bring one stoked them okay, because now right.
0: people think, oh, they wouldn't have mentioned them unless it was going to be important. Yeah,
1: all right. I dug too deep. Okay.
0: <clears throat> I think that's all that was. So, yeah. yeah. So, overall, I think these were... So, how do you think this... So, now having seen the whole season, how would you rank it against the first two?
1: Oh, that's tough. That's not fine. Um, There's such regarding- different animals... But I regard it as one big continuing saga. And I can't really say, no, I'm just not a fan of the whole, which do you like? Which season do you like? I, I never was a fan of that game because to me it feels so of a piece. Um... The character developments continue to make perfect sense. The story is incredibly rich and full of amazingness. You know what I want to see again? The children of Vandal Savage, how they play in, because that whole piece we saw where Cassandra
0: he... once or twice right, more but after that's that. What I'm yeah. saying. I
1: don't think she got any further work, any further development. Like her well, there's, story there's is so many still characters just,
0: just introduced in this season. I know that, but there were lots of seeds be very planted. Important later.
1: Right, exactly. There are lots of seeds planted there. I mean, Vandal that I'm Savage what and
0: Darkseid are like the two big them. threats of the whole show. So, if they introduce a character important to Vandal Savage and his family, mm-hmm. I would bet that she's going to show up again later. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. but there's so many things that are just introduced here. Like, we didn't even get the, the whole Infinity Incorporated thing. Not to mention, if you go back earlier in the season, there's like, oh, here's here's Damian Wayne and Jason Todd in this one scene, and we're not going to mention them again for the rest of the season. You know, here's Jonathan Kent, little baby Jonathan Kent. It's like, right. well, that, that's a season seven thing, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: oh, look, the future future team. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, but it's, it's just ha- amazing. It's hard for me
0: to rank. I, I feel like this season... And it's, it's almost unavoidable because they've got so many characters now and so many plot threads. It does feel a little less cohesive to me than the first two seasons did. Um, that's probably unavoidable. Like any, any long running show as the seasons go on and they become more and more serialized and they have more and more balls in the air can't help but feel a little less cohesive. Mm. Um, unless the show makes an explicit purpose to like strip down streamline things you know pare down the cast tell a very focused story but that's not what they're doing they're telling a story in an increasingly complex web of characters in an increasingly complex world Mm -hmm. as these characters grow up and their concerns become more adult and more complex and more global and more universal and they're not just worried about and know,
1: sometimes multi-universal. Tra-
0: you know, looking bad in front of their coach, Black Canary, or or who likes who on the yeah, team, or exactly. the concerns they had back in season one, you know?
1: Right, no, um, and it's kind of like a Roman road. It's got layers and layers and layers that make the whole road work. And you can't say, oh, I really like the stone layer, or that gravel layer is really good. No, you have to say the whole thing that they've built is just amazing. And that's how I feel about this show. It's so... Like each season is a separate layer of that whole piece. And I'm excited to see what the next layer will look like. And then that's, that's really it yeah. for me. I really enjoyed it. And I, I'm so happy they have another season we don't have yeah, to wait I just for. Wish, <laughs> I, it's so
0: frustrating that they didn't get the go ahead earlier. Like if they got right. the go ahead six months ago, we'd be looking but at But they a new... have
1: a go ahead versus that whole five yeah, year gap that we were.
0: Maybe late 2020. Maybe by the end of next year, you but know, like but that's the still, there's a
1: different stuff. there's a different thing when you know you're waiting for something that's inevitable versus you you think that that's it and you really wish yeah. that fan fan outcry would be loud enough to warrant it coming back. But
0: I mean, we're getting so much. It could stuff.
1: have easily been had the serenity ending. You know, like it could have easily not been important enough to fans for the studio to pick it up again and really invest in a whole season versus just I don't know an animated movie and that's it. But I wonder if the I'm Swamp, so I mean, Swamp Thing back.
0: conspiracy corner again, I wonder if the Swamp Thing cancellation had anything to do with it. Because hmm. if you think you think that if the if the show was a runaway hit, if it was being streamed tons Non-stop, of times and yeah. everything, like, why would they wait so long to give it the go ahead? Maybe maybe it was sort of done at least partially to save face from a PR perspective because everybody was up in arms about Swamp Thing and proclaiming the death of DC Universe because they were canceling their, their shows instead of renewing them. Mm. I mean, I don't want to imply that the show wasn't strong enough on its own merits to be renewed, but Swamp Thing wasn't for various reasons no, that we're yeah. not privy to. Mm-hmm. And so there might have been reasons behind the scenes for this show not to get renewed but for the decision to, you know, have a bit of a PR win in the eyes of the fans. Maybe. Who knows? Like, I, we'll probably never know, but I, I do wonder about stuff like that sometimes. But, I mean, even if we don't get a new season of this for another 14 months or something, we've got season two of Titans... Starts this week. Mm-hmm. We know we're getting season two of Doom Patrol. I think they've just started filming that. Um, we're getting the Harley Quinn animated series later this year, and there's still Jeff Johns' Star Girl series, presumably early mid 2020, which is which is in production now. So still a lot of other great stuff on the service, um, right? But you know, we just seem like we have a long time to wait for this. Mm. That's too bad. Yeah, agreed. But it's it'll, hopefully it'll be worth waiting for. I do wonder how they're going to work the Legion in. My well, sister, my, I know
1: they planted that seed. I mean, they, they,
0: fans would lose their minds, and we know they're not doing this. But fans would lose their minds if they're like, "Oh, the next time jump is a thousand years," but we know they're not doing that because the one thing right. they have said about the next season is, "You'll find
1: it, out more about your characters." The well, it, characters it, did, you it, love. it did
0: make it sound like, to my point about the season seeming a little less, less cohesive. I wonder if this was if it was always their plan to refocus in season four, or if it's sort of a response to the fan the response to the fan response but they did say that next season will focus more will focus more than this season did on the original core characters mm. and what's going on with them and I guess that means we'll see maybe fewer new characters less of the characters that were introduced in seasons two and three like Beast Boy and Blue Beetle and Kid Flash and stuff like that the new Kid Flash mm-hmm. um I don't know maybe not. maybe they'll find a way to do both but um that that does make it sound so obviously that is not it's not possible to do that and have the next season take place in a thousand years, unless the Legion comes back to get all five original members and recruit them to the Legion in the future or something. But I don't think right. they're going to do that. I do wonder how they're going to work the Legion in. Um, my suspicion is that they'll kind of do something like the comics did around the whole zero hour thing, or even uh, shortly in the new in the new 52 with, you know, various things that were called Legion Lost or, or by various other names where a bunch of Legionnaires come back in time and either get trapped here or are here to complete a specific mission um that they're not able kind of like how saturn girl's been sort of bouncing around the dc universe for the past couple of years in the rebirth comics and arkham asylum and then in doomsday clock and everything like they come back and they're kind of undercover to do a secret mission to preserve the timeline yeah and then they either get outed or they don't and then they either get trapped here or they don't but that's a way to have a few key legionnaires whichever ones they feel like they've got good stories for um just introduce them into the mix and then either have, either have them have some cover story, right? That would be interesting. Normally, the Legionnaires come back, and the first thing they do is they come flying out of their time bubble wearing their Legion rings, and they say, we're the Legion of Superheroes from the future. Right. would it be interesting if they had to be undercover? And, I mean, it would certainly be an easy sell to say, oh, yeah, we're just some new metahumans that you haven't heard of, because there's metahumans popping up everywhere these sure. days, right? Mm-hmm. We're just some new metahumans you've never heard of, and we'd like to join the team, please. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... And we, the audience, know that it's, oh, well, that's Chameleon Boy or whatever. Or maybe we don't because Chameleon Boy is a shapeshifter or whatever. And then we discover later in the season or the team discovers that they're actually from the future. And they're here to, I don't know, stop the war between Earth and Apocalypse. Because in their Mm. future it was stopped. And they need to make sure that still happens despite the interference by somebody. You know, like it's always like their future is great, right? Their future is basically the Star Trek future. Mm -hmm. So why would they need to come back in time to mess with things?
1: Unless they needed to preserve Unless things. they were always
0: destined to come back in time and mess with things. Yeah. And that's what led to their, you know, then you get into that whole thing. But there's got to be some sort of threat, presumably some sort of time travel related threat that sure. they're back in time. So it's was like, is it the time trapper? Is it Kronos? Is it, you know, then you introduce a bunch of characters that they haven't introduced yet. Um,
1: but yeah. we'll see. It's exciting. And they have fun telling the stories. And we certainly have fun consuming them and then talking about them with you guys. So, if you want to reach out to us, uh, we have an email address, mailbag at smartspodcast.com. Our website is www.smartspodcast.com. On Twitter, we are at smartspodcast. And on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash smartspodcast. How about a funny sound for us?
0: Um, I don't have one.
1: How about, Ooh. we're here from the future.
0: Ooh, that's a time bubble yeah. popping? Okay.
1: Yeah.